The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Credit Suite. Uh, which is a uh, w- way of finding out more about business credit. Welcome to the show, Ty. Thank you so much for having me. Let's just start with a little bit of your background and how you became an expert on the whole subject of business credit. Well, I've got about 16 years of financial experience, and I actually owned a mortgage company, a jumbo mortgage company, uh, when the getting was good, and then the uh, the getting wasn't so good anymore. And actually what happened was I ended up personally guaranteeing a lot of the actual money that I used to fund that company. Um, so when the economy shifted, I really ended up losing everything as a result of that business no longer being able to really do business. And I later found out as I got into the consumer credit world. I started helping consumers repair credit, knowing that that was going to be kind of unnecessary, a necessary evil per se, meaning that a lot of people were having problems with their credit through the economy shift, and I knew that they would need to help improve that credit. So I was in that industry, and several people started asking me about business credit, and then I dove in, and I actually realized what business credit was and how it, it helps entrepreneurs separate their liability and not be personally liable for what's taking place in their business. And I was just really shocked and surprised at that moment that there weren't experts out there promoting this, that there weren't companies and there weren't individuals telling everybody they could that business credit existed and you know fighting the fight to help entrepreneurs separate that liability. And that was my calling. That was when I found my calling, found my passion and decided I was going to be that person that educated the masses that this existed. So you've written some books about that. Tell me about the books you've written in this area. Well, I have two books, Perfect Credit, which really has to do with consumer and business credit, breaking down um, how consumer credit works, how it can be built, how it can be fixed, and also with how business credit building works. And then I also have another book, which is extremely popular, which is known as Business Credit Decoded, where we dissect all aspects of business credit building um, and business scoring. And you have a website, which is creditsuite.com. What can people find out at that website? Well, on creditsuite.com, they can get a lot of information about business credit. They can get a lot of information about different types of financing, especially alternative financing that's available out there today, um, as well as a lot of information about myself, my team, and our company. So let's dig right in. So say you're starting a new business and you, uh, you've got personal credit, but you have now established business credit. Let's just start with the basics. Why do you want to have your business credit separate from your personal credit? Because in many cases, banks are going to probably ask for a personal guarantee. Well, they'll always ask. 
because most people will give it to them. But the reality is, is that when you talk about credit, we have to talk about capacity. And that's really one of the fundamental principles of credit. And consumer credit was never designed to fund a business. You know, as an individual consumer, the amount of credit you're given is based on the capacity you may use. And that capacity wasn't entitled to fund a business. So for example, you know, it's uncommon for you to need a ten or twenty thousand dollar Dell credit card because you're more than likely never going to buy ten to twenty home computers. But at the same time, for a business, ten or twenty thousand easily cannot be enough that credit because you're going to easily buy ten or twenty computers. So this is where a lot of people make mistakes, especially as you mentioned in starting a business, is they try to use their personal credit to fund a business. And the way that personal credit works is that you know thirty percent of your score, um, almost a third of your entire score is based on what's known as utilization. So if you utilize or you have a balance more than 30% of the limit on an individual or over all of your accounts, then it hurts your scores. And it really can substantially hurt your scores. I mean, 35% of your consumer credits based on payment history. So 30% utilization, almost an equal amount, which means that if you overutilize an account or owe more than 30% of that limit, then you easily can hurt your scores almost as must almost as much as if you paid your bill late. So again, consumer credit wasn't meant for you to have large capacity or high limit accounts for you to use a lot on those accounts. Um, and because of that, when you use consumer credit to try to fund a business, you really end up doing substantial damage to your consumer credit scores, which then affects your ability to get a mortgage, car loan, and to use that credit for higher level business loans. So that's one of the main reasons that somebody wants to build business credit is because with business credit, your limits are substantially higher. You know, per SBA, they're about 10 to 100 times higher than what you're going to find with consumer credit. So the capacity is much greater. But another reason, as I mentioned earlier, it, it separates liability. You don't need to be personally liable for the credit you're obtaining for your business because your business stands on its own. It's obtaining its own credit based on its own ability to pay. And that doesn't link over to you personally. You don't need to supply a social security number to obtain it. And then you're not personally liable for that actual credit you're obtaining. Yet most people probably do uh, use their personal credit, or at least personal guarantees, in starting businesses. Is that the most common way and most people are making a mistake as a result of that? Well, when you look statistically, most people use their own money. They use family's number, money, excuse me. They use their own credit to fund a business. I mean, that's primarily how somebody starts a business is they use their own stock, the money in their bank account. They're using their own personal credit, and they also rely on family and friends. So that's where most people go to get money because they don't know that right from the beginning of inception from a business, they can start building a credit profile and score and start obtaining real credit for the business. So yes, for the most part, most people are using their personal credit, their personal finances to actually get a business started. In addition to your own case, what are some other cases you've heard of people who've been ruined by borrowing for, uh, on their personal credit for businesses that then failed? Well, I mean, that often happens, you know, and that, that's not just, you know, we see clients with this occurrence all the time. You know, statistically, what happens is most entrepreneurs get in business and none of us expect to fail. And I'll stand, you know, just this last weekend, I was on a large stage and I asked that question, how many of you expect to fail in the next year? And yet nobody raises their hands. But statistically, most of those people will fail, depending on the time frame that you're looking that they've been in business, you know, 75% over the course of 15 years, businesses will fail. And easily 
generally within the first five years, half of the businesses that are created will end up failing. So as a result of that, many people don't expect to fail, but what happens is they actually do fail. And as a result of that, most of those people using family's money, using friends' money, using their own personal finances, using their own personal credit, then what results is that failure then, those creditors come right after them. They come after their personal assets, their stocks, their home. So this isn't a rare occurrence. This is the majority of cases in this country where people create businesses using their own personal finances. Those businesses statistically do not usually work out. And the result of that is that they are then personally liable for all of that debt they've accumulated for their business. And it's what leads a lot of people into actual personal bankruptcy. So say you have that situation, you start a business, you didn't have business credit, you did a personal guarantee or used your personal credit, the business goes under. Um, Is this debt that you can get rid of in bankruptcy or how how do people deal with that amount of debt if it's way beyond their personal capacity that they borrowed for the business? Well, bankruptcy is usually the way that it ends up. I mean, there's a, the, the vast majority of them will be pushed to personal bankruptcy because they don't have the business to be able to pay for the debt, which was their anticipation at the beginning. They obtained all of this debt thinking and anticipating that the business would generate the revenues to be able to pay for that debt. And as a result, the business does it. There's no way personally they're able to pay for that debt. So usually the only outcome is a personal bankruptcy. And that is the way that most people go in that scenario because, again, they've used their personal credit and accumulated that, so therefore a personal bankruptcy makes sense because all of that credit is now on their personal credit. It's them defaulting on all of their personal credit accounts. And if you're doing a Chapter 13, that's rescheduling of the debts, but it's not really getting rid of them. A Chapter 7 is when you kind of clear the debts, but that's, that's hard, hard to qualify with Chapter 7 these days. So even in bankruptcy, it's still going to stay on your record for quite a while, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, a chapter, a chapter seven, even when you're done with it, you have to keep in mind that public records such as a bankruptcy, such as judgments, these things stay on your record for 10 years, whereas normal credit items such as defaulting on a credit card would remain on your credit report for only seven years. So the damage as a result of any type of bankruptcy is, is substantially more damaging than what you're going to find on the personal credit side because, first of all, it's public record. So even if there isn't an inaccurate um, aspect of the reporting, they're very difficult to correct because the bureaus don't dispute those items. If you dispute an item through the, the credit reporting agencies, they actually go through a third party to verify that debt instead of the creditor direct. So it's very difficult to get any inaccuracies um, deleted or removed from your credit report in those scenarios. And again, they stay on the credit report for about 30% longer than normal items that you may have went laid on at one point in time. So when people come to Credit Suite, is the best time for them to come before they've started a business or after they've already started as a sole proprietorship to create a business entity or do they come to you when they're in trouble? When do people t- tend to come to Credit Suite and how can you help them? Well, it's a little bit of, of all of the above. I mean, the best time to get started is right from when you start a business. You know, the way that business credit works is you start with vendor credit, you move to store credit, you move to cash credit. So that's really the cycle of kind of how you need money in a business as well. You need office supplies, you need computers, you need furniture, you need the type of things that you're going to get business credit with initially, um, all the way to a point where you're going to get large amounts of Visa MasterCard type credit that you're able to use as cash to actually fund your business. So 
you know, in the perfect world, somebody as they're starting a business is also starting their business credit and they're using their business credit to build the business. Because when we look at why businesses fail per SBA, it really comes down to two core reasons. One is insufficient capital and one is lack of management experience. And I think of a recent example is Twitter. I saw a report on Twitter that Twitter could continue to lose money at its current rate for 412 years before they ran out of cash. But you know, your normal business doesn't have that kind of time or anywhere close to that. A normal business, one or two unexpected expenses could put them completely out of business. So when you have com- when you have money, you can afford to make more mistakes. So when you have capital right from the beginning and you're obtaining credit right from the beginning, then it kind of gives you leeway as a business owner to figure things out more as you go, which is what all entrepreneurs do, and afford to make mistakes but to still have capital, to still have credit there to back you as you make those mistakes to carry you through. Um, so preferably, even from the beginning, somebody's going to start building business credit. That will give them a substantially greater chance of success because they'll have the capital and then that will help them allow them to make mistakes and still survive, which is the two biggest reasons on why businesses fail. But even somebody that's already established, which is somebody else we talked to, somebody that you know thinks they're established, they've been in business two, three, four, or five years, they go in and they get turned down for a certain utility or they get turned down for even a cash advance loan at 30-40% from a company like OnDeck. And the reason is, is because of lack of or non-existent business credit. So we see a lot of people all the way through this process, people that have gone to the brink of failure, have tapped themselves out personally and don't know that business credit exists and they need that access to that capital to grow their business and carry on. People that are just getting started and people that, again, they didn't even know business credit existed until they find out from a utility company, somebody else that's denying them, including a lender, that they don't have actual business credit and that's the reason for that denial. And what we do to help them is just all aspects of both, obtaining business credit and obtaining financing. So we kind of can take a business or somebody just starting a business from the very beginning step all the way through the process of obtaining cash business credit without a personal guarantee. And another thing that we see is that entrepreneurs just don't know that there's substantial amounts of capital that's available out there. There's plenty of lenders in the alternative lending space that would like to lend business owners money. But the problem is, is those business owners don't know that that money exists. They don't know that those lenders exist. They're still trying to walk into their bank and get a loan, which where it was with Dodd-Frank and, and the other restrictions on conventional banks, business lending is just too risky in a lot of cases for those circumstances. So that's the other thing we do is really help connect entrepreneurs and business owners with capital that's available out there through conventional, but in most cases, alternative lending sources where they can get additional finance. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's the chief executive officer at Credit Suite. Uh, he is a business credit expert. You can find out more about him and his company at creditsuite.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. 
Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's a business credit expert, and he is the CEO at Credit Suite, which you can find out more about at creditsuite.com. Welcome back to the show, Ty. Thanks. I appreciate it. Glad to be back. All right. So let's go through an actual case of how you could help somebody. Uh, Somebody's got a great idea for a new business. They do not want to have their personal credit. Uh, They don't want to do a personal guarantee. Uh, They've it's a brand new business. They've never started anything before. How do you help them establish credit in the business's name only? We we had a client, for example, uh, a couple months ago. That actually, this wasn't a couple months ago. This was a couple months ago. We just had on our show, and you know, they got started. They wanted to start a tax relief business. Um, they ended up turning in an old beat up truck that they had and a plasma TV to get about twelve hundred dollars to start the business. But they knew that that obviously wasn't enough to do so. So they found us. They came to us. They had credit challenges. They didn't have any of the other uh, lending strengths that would make them lendable for conventional or even alternative business finance. So we began the process of building business credit. They got vendor credit right away. They started using that to buy the office supplies, the office furniture, the computers that they needed. We ended up expanding that into actual store credit at places like Staples, Amazon, Walmart, um, Home Depot, Lowe's. Etc. And then they kept building the business credit profile. It took about about five months to actually get them to cash credit, um, and then they escalated to an American Express card. Again, all of this without a personal guarantee, without a personal credit check. And their first year, they just finished up at about one point two million in sales the first year, and and we're looking to see how they uh, how they grow it into year two here. So you're saying that vendors, a Home Depot or, or stores like that, will extend credit even to a startup business of some kind. There has to be a process. So the way that it works is that if you're talking about a vendor, and I'll give you an example. Some of the vendors include Uline and Quill. These are companies that sell office supplies, shipping supplies. So what's unique about Uline and Quill is they meet two very select criteria that's essential to start business credit. One, they report to the business credit reporting agencies. They do not report the credit to the actual consumer reporting agencies. And two, they will give credit to any business whether or not they're established or whether 
whether or not they're just getting started. So this is essential. And what happens is when you come in and get what's the equivalent of five payment experiences or the reporting of these accounts five times across the three reporting agencies, then those five accounts is what leads somebody to step two of building business credit, which is store credit. And that's what you just mentioned. So when we talk about an Amazon and a Dell and an Apple, when we talk about Walmart and we talk about gas cards like Chevron and Sunoco and Home Depot and Lowe's, they really want to see that you have at least five accounts established on your business credit profile, which gives you trade lines, a profile, and good business credit scores. And once you have that combination, once you have these accounts, these accounts report as trade lines, that gives you a business credit profile. If you've paid those accounts as agreed, that gives you a good business credit score. And then with those trade lines, profile, and score, you can then take that second step to store credit. Then as you continue to grow that credit and have 10 total accounts, that's what's necessary to move to Visa cards, MasterCards, even American Express cards that are cash credit that you can use anywhere other than just that specific store. When do you want to start building up a Dun Bradstreet report? Do you have to have five trade lines? And is that something you should subscribe to from the beginning or only once you've got some experience going? Well, that, that happens automatically. When you go to Uline, when you go to Quill, when there's a company called Monopolize Your Marketplace, Office Depot, when you go to these type of companies that will give you starter vendors, then what will happen is even before you take that step, you want to go through and get your DUNS number. This isn't something you have to pay for. It is free because contractors, even in the U.S. government, are required to have a DUNS number. So because it's required by so many government agencies, then they do not and cannot really mandatory or mandate where it has you have to pay for it. So anybody can go, they can go to Google, type in free DUNS number, get their free DUNS number, and then they use that to actually apply. Once those accounts report, which it takes about 60 days on average for them to report, Dun and Bradstreet automatically reports those, activates the credit profile, and then they will issue you a paydex score. The same thing will happen with Experian. The same thing will happen as Equifax as well. Of course, they all have their own individual credit scores other than the paydex score. But once accounts get reported, your profile gets active, then you are issued an actual credit score, and then those profiles and scores are used to start getting revolving store credit and cash credit. How accurate are the Dun Bradstreet reports? Do they keep things pretty accurate? Because I find in many cases, creditors do not report to them if they're not you know, AT&T or some big company. If it's a, your local accounting firm or something like that, they're not going to really be reporting to them. What process do you need to do to make sure that the Dun Bradstreet report is as accurate as possible? Well, most people don't report to companies like Dun & Bradstreet because Dun & Bradstreet and Experian and Equifax Commercial have reporting restrictions, including volume restrictions. So, for example, if your company wants to report credit to Dun & Bradstreet, you need 2,000 accounts in a month that you have the ability to report. If you don't have 2,000 accounts to report, then they won't let you report the customer's data. So this is why, as you reference, a small accounting firm just doesn't have that many records on file to actually be able to report. Dun Bradstreet won't let them actually report. So you're correct. Over 95%, about 97% of trade vendors do not report to the business credit reporting agencies. So in our experience, most people think they have business credit when they have none versus think they have business credit and it be negative. But a lot of information is inaccurate from the business credit reporting agencies. And when that happens, they all have their own individual process to correct those inaccuracies. So for example, 
example, Dun & Bradstreet has a service called iUpdate, and you can go on to iUpdate for free to see if you have a Dun's number to pull up your business, and then if you see anything that's incorrect right through iUpdate, you can follow a couple simple steps to solicit them to correct that information, and we found that it usually is corrected very quickly without question, even if you're trying to get a negative item that's reported on the report fixed. So fixing business credit is actually much easier than it is in the business world than it is in the consumer world due to services like iUpdate and the ease of fixing and updating that information that Dun & Bradstreet, Equifax, and Experian um, have. Because keep in mind, whether you talk about consumer or business credit reporting, these agencies exist to sell data. That is their primary service. They exist to sell data. So they want the data to be as accurate as possible because that data is the value of their company. So that's why Dun & Bradstreet provides services like iUpdate. They want you to solicit them and give them the correct information because that information has the most value for them to be able to turn around and sell to anybody that will buy it. So you're saying that unlike consumer agencies, uh, Dun & Bradstreet will not check with the original creditor. Say you didn't make a payment and you say on iUpdate you did make the payment. They're typically not going to check with a creditor to make sure, well, to find out if you did or didn't. Is that what you're saying? That's right. From our experience, that's exactly what we see. You have to keep in mind that with consumer reporting, the consumer disputing is governed by federal law, the Fair Credit Reporting Act. So the Fair Credit Reporting Act is a law that was enacted in the 70s that requires the credit bureaus and the creditors to follow a certain series of steps to be able to validate information. And the credit bureaus have taken this to a whole other level because it used to be that when you disputed information to the consumer credit reporting agencies, it cost them money. Then quite a while back, they shifted it where now if you dispute a negative item to the credit bureaus, then the consumer reporting agencies charge the creditors. So what's interesting is the consumer reporting agencies have even taken now credit disputing and started to, and actually made it into a profit center. When you dispute negative information to the bureaus, they make money on that because they turn around and charge the creditor for actually sending that dispute to them and they actually turn that into a profit center. So it's a very different world because the Fair Credit Reporting Act governs consumer disputing when there is no such law to govern business disputing. So there is no, uh, so the Fair Credit Reporting Act does not apply, apply to business credit is what you're saying? That's correct. So that is a very big thing for people to know. Another thing you need to get started is a so-called EIN, Employer Identification Number. How is that important in establishing business credit so it's separate from your social security number? Well, just as you have a credit report that's linked to your social security number, business credit is about your business establishing its own credit profile and score that's linked to the business EIN number. So the same as you can't have a consumer credit report in the United States without a social, you can't have a business credit report um, in the United States without an EIN number. But establishing an EIN number is one of the basic steps anybody should take to be able to set up an entity. I mean, typically you're going to think of a name for your company, you're going to go to your Secretary of State, you're going to set up your actual entity name itself, and the very next step is to get an EIN number because that EIN number is required to even set up a bank account, which is usually required for almost all businesses to even really be able to transact and do business. What what are the downsides of running a business off your social security number as a sole proprietorship? 
Well, there's a lot of things. I mean, first of all, as a sole proprietor, you are your business. So just because you choose a partnership or a sole proprietorship, then your business and you are are one and the same. You can't separate the liability because you're choosing an entity that makes you and your business one and the same. When you choose an LLC, when you choose a corporation, then what you're doing there is you're really separating you and your business. Your business is one entity. You are the other. So that has a lot of benefits for one having to do with the liability of what takes place in the business. You know, if you're a partnership, if you're a sole proprietor, then what happens is you easily can be personally sued because your business does something wrong. Whereas with a corporation or an LLC, only the business can be sued. Now, again, there's all kinds of additional protections that you can pursue to give you even more separation of liability. But when you're talking about a sole proprietorship, when you're talking about a partnership, then you are the business. So you'll always be liable for what happens within your entity. Whereas corporation and LLC, you're not liable for what happens within your, in your entity. So that's one of the main things. I mean, beyond what we talked about earlier, that when you use your social and you use your personal credit, then in a lot of cases, you damage your personal credit because you're funding the business. You're putting money onto those revolving accounts. You're hurting your utilization, which plummets your scores. So there's a lot of drawbacks to using your social and your personal credit to fund a business. Um, but the main one is a liability. You just really want to create that separation between you and the business. So you separate the liability. So whatever happens in the business doesn't have adverse consequences to you on the consumer or personal side. Yeah, I bet a lot of people do run their businesses out of their social and sole proprietorship and run into trouble and they don't even know they're at risk, correct? Absolutely, because they're not going to tell you this. I mean, if you go into Target and you check out, every time you go through that register, they're offering you a consumer credit card with 20, you know, 20% discount if you get their card. But yet you'll never walk into Target. You'll never walk into Walmart or Staples or Home Depot or, 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 you know, Amazon or go to Sam's Club or Costco and you'll never see them promote a no personal guarantee business credit card because they want you to provide the personal guarantee. You know, it gives them more protection if you're willing to sign on the dotted line and personally guarantee the actual credit that you're obtaining. So yes, most people do it because most people don't know that business credit even exists. And I think Entrepreneur had a study on this and they showed that over 90% of business owners know nothing about business credit because in the consumer credit world, you can just bump into credit. You get a credit card offer. You go into a store to get a credit card. Whatever you do, most of those items report to the consumer reporting agencies. But in the business world, most items don't report to the business credit reporting agencies. So you have to intentionally go in to get credit and know what you're doing to actually get credit that reports to the business credit reporting agencies versus the consumer. So it's just, you know, consumer credit's everywhere we look. It's promoted everywhere we look. And we easily bump into it and we easily get it. But in the business credit world, you really have to do it intentionally. It's very intentional that you build a business credit profile and score that you know to leave your social security number off an application when you go into apply. That's not natural for us. We're conditioned that if we get an application for credit, even if it's for our business, and there's a social security number box on that application, we're conditioned that we must fill that out. If you're filling out that application online, they won't even let you submit the application without the social security number being completed. So most of us don't realize and most people aren't conditioned to know that you can then call that creditor, not give your social, force them to pull your EIN credit and get approved all the same without the liability. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. 
He's a business credit expert, and his company is Credit Suite. And you can find out more at his website, creditsuite.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's the Chief Executive Officer and he's a business credit expert at Credit Suite. You can find out more about him at his website, creditsuite.com. Welcome back to the show, Ty. Thanks for having me back. So let's go through the various kinds of business credit and kind of the pros and cons and how to get them. Uh, unsecured business financing is kind of the overall thing, but just tell a little bit about unsecured business financing? Well, there's a a difference between business credit and business financing, and and everybody refers to it as different terminology. So when we talk about things like unsecured business financing, now we're really getting into different kinds of loans that are definitely separate from business credit. So when you talk about unsecured business financing, that's a financial solution that's great for startups. With that, there is a personal guarantee. It is based on personal credit, but the benefit of this program is, is that somebody can go out and get usually five times the amount of their highest consumer credit card limit account that they have now. And when they get those three, four, five business credit cards, they report to the business credit reporting agencies. So let's say that, Jordan, somebody wants to start a business. They do have good personal credit. They don't mind providing a personal guarantee to expedite their time frame to get money. Well, then unsecured business financing is a perfect solution. Or let's say they have a good credit partner that they actually want to use um, to obtain initial financing or investor that wants to provide their credit as 
a guarantor to get initial financing. Well, then unsecured business financing is a perfect solution. You don't need to have collateral to qualify. You don't need to have cash flow to qualify. It's a no documentation program. They can usually get five times the amount of their highest credit limit account. And those usually come in the form of business credit cards that offer 0% rates for six to 18 months. And again, they report to the business credit reporting agency. So somebody's getting money very quickly in about three weeks time. And at the same time, they're building that business credit profile and score and expediting that time frame of growth. So this way they can get store credit and cash credit even faster. Do you have relationships with lenders? So if they come through you at Credit Suite, you can refer them to places that might be appropriate for the different kinds of credit they want? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, it's not just that we refer them. We help them with all aspects of obtaining that actual financing. So what we do is we'll actually come in and let's say somebody wants unsecured business financing. Well, there's about eight to 10 really good sources for that type of financing in the country. And what we're going to do is sit with that actual customer, find out through a business blueprint what it is they're trying to accomplish and help go to work to get them the best of the financing that's out there, the best rates, the best terms, the lowest fees. We'll even negotiate with the lender. We do all of that work for them. So then all they have to do is usually know what terms they want after discussing with them initially, sign off on the term sheet, and we handle all aspects of the funding with them and for them through the lender um, just to expedite the time frame. Because again, what we find is business owners don't have a lot of time. They don't know about a lot of the different financing. And even if they do, they don't know which lending source will give them the most money that will give them the best terms. So that's really what our job at Credit Suite is, is to go through and help find out the best terms find the best programs that somebody can qualify and handle them with, handle all aspects of getting them approved. And what fees do you charge to the business owner to help them get all this financing? When it comes to financing, we don't charge any fees ever. So what happens is the lenders will charge normal rates, normal terms, and in some programs, they'll actually then give us what's the equivalent of a referral commission. Some other programs like we provide you know, financing if somebody has stocks, we help them get financing that goes against those stocks. Some of those programs, we don't get paid anything on. So in a lot of cases, we're actually getting a referral fee from the actual lender themselves, but the customer does not only not pay a fee from us, but in almost all financing products we deal with, excuse me, in all financing products we deal with, there's not even an upfront fee with the lender. They're only paying a fee, rates, terms, points, etc. that the lender would charge normally on the back end or rolled into the transaction just as they would for an SBA loan. But you're really on the, on the side of the, lend, the, the borrower to make sure they get the best deal because you, you might be able to steer uh, to the lender that offers you the highest points or the highest fees somewhere and the, the borrower would not particularly know. Right. And that they don't mess it up. You know, our role is to work with the customer. So, you know, one of the biggest things that we help a customer do is go through and build their business credibility. Whether you're going for a conventional loan, whether you're going for business credit, whether you're going for alternative financing, all lenders have like the equivalent of a secret credibility check that they want you to meet certain criteria before they'll give you financing. So when you walk into a bank and apply, they're not going to help you with any aspect of that. What we do is we help make sure that you meet lending criteria before you apply apply. Therefore, you have the best chances of getting approved. So that's really how our process starts, whether it be business credit or any type of financing, is we walk an entrepreneur through a process to make sure that every aspect of their business that will be criticized and critiqued by a lender meets that criteria before they apply. Therefore, if you meet a lender's criteria before you apply, then when you apply, you're going to get approved. Whereas when you typically apply and get denied, it's because you didn't meet criteria that if you work with someone like like us, you know before you even take the time to apply. 
Then the next kind is what you call business revenue lending. So how is that different from unsecured business financing? Well, uh, you know, I look at it like this. You know, now, if you go into a, a conventional bank to get an SBA loan, your business has to be near perfect. You need to have collateral. You need to have cash flow. Um, you also need to have good credit, personal bank and business credit. So there's also this type of alternative financing that you're asking about where it doesn't look at your entire business. What it's looking at is one strength. So if you have one strength, then you can then qualify for a lot of this alternative financing that's out there. So when we talked about the unsecured business financing, personal credit was the strength. You didn't need collateral. You didn't need cash flow. Now, let me remind you that when we talked about business credit the first half of the show, that's the only type of money any business can get without any of the three. So if you have no credit, you don't have good credit, you don't have collateral, you don't have cash flow, business credit is the only answer. But if you have a strength such as good credit or a good credit personal guarantor, then that program we just talked about, unsecured business financing, is a perfect solution. When business revenue lending, you don't need good credit. You can get a proof of that kind of program down to a 500 credit score. The strength they're looking at is cash flow. They want you to have about $10,000 a month in cash flow. They want you to be in business for one year. Even if you have no collateral, even if you have bad personal credit down to a FICO or 500 FICO score, you can get approved for this financing. This is the fastest, easiest kind of money that's available out there today. And the easiest way to reference this is on deck. You've probably heard of OnDeck. Your listeners have. They're becoming everywhere because they're really the first public company in this space of revenue lending. And what they're ultimately doing is they're looking at your bank account. They're seeing that you have a multitude of consistent deposits in your bank account. They're seeing that you have positive cash flow at the end of each month. And they're basically buying your future revenue. So they're actually coming in and getting and buying your future revenue and then using the fact that you have consistent revenue as the qualification for you to actually get approved. So if you have consistent revenue going through your bank account, you can get approved. These are the equivalent of cash advances. Very expensive money. Can easily range from 8 to 45% or even higher on the money you borrow. So this is the type of financing that you wouldn't get just to start up a business or have money laying around. This is the kind of money that you would use specifically for the purpose of expansion or doing something with the money that will immediately grow your business. And then the next one is merchant cash advances, which are very popular these days for people who in many cases cannot get traditional business loans. How does a merchant cash advance work and what are the pros and cons of that? Merchant cash advance is exactly the same as revenue lending with one big difference. Merchant cash advance is only going to look at your credit card sales versus your overall revenue. So a lot of people think that merchant cash advances are are really, really popular, but most of what they're actually seeing out there is revenue financing. The biggest difference between the two is that merchant cash advances will only look at your credit card revenue, not your other revenue, such as check deposits. Outside of that, the same thing. You're looking at about 8 to 40 five percent rates. You can still get approved down to a FICO, 500 FICO. You don't need collateral. You don't need good credit to qualify. So very similar to revenue lending with the big difference being that they only look at your credit card receivables instead of your overall revenue for the business. And there have been criticism of these merchant cash advances that they get people onto a cycle, almost like a payday loan cycle, and they need one cash advance to pay off the other and it ultimately sinks the business. Is that something that people should watch out for? 
Absolutely. But the reality is, is that if you actually look at the numbers from what I've seen on this, you know, the the vast majority of this financing works just fine as is without actually sinking a business. Yes, we find that about 70 to 80 percent of types of people that go into these programs actually end up renewing. They end up coming back to get more money. It's not because they need the money to actually pay off the original loan. It's because the lender will give them the money in 24 hours or 48 hours, another large chunk of cash. It's so easy to get additional cash flow to be able to grow the business. So there's a severe risk. I mean, you're borrowing money sometimes at 30 or 45%. But again, as I mentioned, the key here is that this isn't money you get to just have laying around. You need to go into it knowing that the only way it's going to work for you is if you're investing the money to get a return and make even more money in your business. If you're doing that and following that principle, then it could very well work very well instead of just having the money to lay around. That's when people really get into problems is to try to get this kind of financing just to get them through a slow season. That is a recipe for disaster. But getting the money to buy another tow truck so then you have two trucks on the road to rapidly expand your revenue, that is a better use of this type of financing. Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's the chief executive officer at Credit Suite. Credit Suite. Uh, he is a business credit expert. You can find out more about him and his company at creditsuite.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ty Crandall. He's the Chief Executive Officer at Credit Suite. He's a business credit expert, and you can find out more at his website, creditsuite.com. Welcome back to the show, Ty. Glad to be back. So you have a program of what you call partners 
who actually, they help people get business credit as well. Explain how that program works. Well, with our partner program, we put people into the business of offering business credit and financing. So we find that a lot of companies would like to offer business credit financing to their customers, whether it be through their that being their primary product and service or a secondary product and service, or whether or not they're even just using that um, as a means to qualify customers to get the money for their primary product and service. So with our partner program, basically we'll put people in the business of offering business credit financing. We offer the technology, the advising, the servicing in through a white label system. So you can come in, offer business credit and financing to your customers through our white label system. It looks like this is a service and product being offered directly from your company. We provide all the servicing. We also give you everything you need to be successful from websites to all the marketing materials from flyers and articles and press releases and email content. Basically everything you would need to run a business offering business credit financing and we provide all, again, white label. And then we give you all of the coaching and support that you'll need to, again, be successful offering business credit financing as, as a service. Very good. So now let's go back to some of the other ways of getting credit. One of them is accounts receivable financing. So how is that different from business revenue lending? Well, AR financing really touches on that third aspect, that third strength. So we talked about unsecured financing, which credit is your strength. We talked about merchant cash advances, revenue lending, where cash flow is your strength. With AR financing, collateral is your strength. And what you're using as collateral are receivables that you have with the government or with other businesses. So for example, my, for example a buddy of mine um, that's a client of ours basically has a large account with Bush Gardens where he produces their plastic gl- their plastic mugs, the mugs that you get your drinks in and they charge five, ten dollars for. So they'll give him a large order. He'll be expected to fulfill that order, deliver the actual mugs to them, and won't get paid for 30 to 60 days after. But during all that, he has to actually use his own cash flow to be able to buy the product, produce the order. So with account receivable financing, you're basically taking um, existing account receivables from companies like that. They're getting about 85 to 90 percent of that money advanced from the lender right away in 24 hours. So they don't have to wait months to get paid. And then the lender's actually collecting from Bush Gardens in this example, um, less a small fee. So another good example is a doctor's office where they get in insurance and Medicare and Medicaid is their form of payment and they're required to wait weeks or months for full payments. Well, they'll use AR financing to get money in 24 hours right away and then the actual AR lenders will be the one that collect from those sources and then pay them uh, the, the 15% less their fee after. So it's a great way for a company that has receivables with other businesses or the government to get paid right away instead of waiting months and months, which really puts an ease on their cash flow. Is this in effect factoring? Yes, this is. This is a form of factoring, yes. Yes, okay. Another one is inventory financing. So how is that different from accounts receivable financing? Well, with inventory financing, again, we're using collateral as the strength. And the collateral is inventory. So somebody that has a large amount of inventory on their shelves. So let's say we have a factory where you walk in and you see, you know, all the way to the ceiling, just shelves and shelves of actual inventory. Or you walk into a clothing store where you see shelves and shelves of actual inventory. Well, inventory financing is when somebody could use inventory as collateral for the actual financing and obtain a low interest rate credit line or loan borrowing against that inventory that they can then use for you know any purpose that they see fit. And then uh, another one would be SBA loans. What you, you were saying it's very difficult to get SBA loans. When is it appropriate to try to get an SBA loan and when it is not appropriate? 
Well, the one thing you need to know is that with SBA loans, you need to have excellent personal credit, excellent business credit, and excellent bank credit. So you really can't even think of applying for an SBA loan if you have any derogatory items on your personal credit unless you have very well-established business credit, five to ten accounts where you're talking about coming in and getting, you know, having an 80 paydex score um, or higher, which means you pay your bills as agreed. And when you also have excellent bank credit. Now, bank credit is something we haven't talked about, but this is an internal credit score that banks use um, to actually judge your business. And in order for you to have a low five, which is really what makes you lendable, you need to have an average ending balance of $10,000 or more in your bank account. So if you have excellent personal credit with no derogs, excellent business credit, and you have excellent bank credit, well, that's one of the beginning criteria of qualifying for an SBA loan. And I say that because most people don't have those three. And if you don't, you're not going to qualify. SBA 7A loans now all look at your FICO SBSS score. Your FICO SBSS heavily looks at your business credit. So if you don't have well-established business credit, you just won't have a high enough score to get approved, no matter how great your personal credit is. And no bank is going to lend you money without an excellent bank credit score. So that's where... If you have that, what what is the advantage of getting an SBA loan? Just a much lower interest rate if you can go through all these hurdles? lower rates, longer terms. I mean, somebody can get, you know, 10, 20 year loan versus, for example, revenue lending that we talked about that's six to 18 month term. You know, revenue lending might be rates of 30, 40%, whereas an SBA loan might be 8%. So the rates are lower, the terms are are longer, and somebody can typically get higher loan amounts. But then again, they have to offset this with substantial amounts of collateral. They need to have really good tax returns with good revenues and net profits. So you're really looking for somebody that's been in business three to five years, is very well established as well as having good credit across their bank, their personal, and their business. Another form of financing is private equity financing where a private equity firm uh, takes a piece of your business. What are the pros and cons of that? Well, there's a lot of different types of, of, of private money out there. When you talk about equity financing, obviously the con is, is that you're giving up a portion of equity. It could be a substantial portion of your equity in exchange for money. Um, some of the pros is, is that if you have a really good concept, really good idea, if you have patents on some things, then you can actually get money without a, a proven concept. And that's very tough in today's world. If you don't have, if you haven't proven that you know how to run a business, a lot of people won't give you money. But when you talk about equity financing, where they exchange a portion of equity um, in stay in lieu, or excuse me, and give you a cash in return, well, then this could be very positive for somebody that might not yet well be established or might not have a proven concept. And then you've got commercial real estate. So if you have commercial real estate that you own. Uh, can you take a mortgage against that, or how do you get uh, money out of commercial real estate? Sure, there's all types of conventional mortgages you could use with with real estate. SBA offers a great 504 loan. Um, that's the second most common type of loan outside of their 7A, which is more cash flow financing type uh, purpose. So you can absolutely use get money to obtain commercial real estate, or you can borrow against commercial real estate that you already own and get financing and take cash out of that real estate. So either of those are good options, but you have to own real estate. You have to either have money down or have equity, and you have to have good credit to qualify for that type of financing. In general, is the business lending environment uh, tighter or looser than it was before, particularly since the Dodd-Frank regulations came in after the financial crisis? 
Well, it, it, you're, you're seeing us catch back up. So when we look at what lending was back in that time frame of 2007, it's easily doubled the amount lent of what we're seeing right now. But we're catching up. So we're definitely on a very rapid uptick because you didn't really see revenue lending and merchant advances and this type of financing out there. So we see that, yes, it's easier to obtain financing, but it's not as easy to obtain the really good kind of financing. So the SBA type financing, The financing that we used to walk into our banks and get is becoming more and more scarce. But at the same time, alternative lenders are now popping up everywhere because they see this as an opportunity and they have very loose requirements to get financing to a point that it might not be long down the road where we see additional regulation coming into that industry because it's exploding. So business lending right now is really exploding. It's only a fraction of where it was seven, eight years ago, but you're seeing almost all of it shift to alternative lending and very few of it actually still being conventional SBA type financing. And the reason is the banks are under all these regulations from Dodd-Frank not to take any risks and to take any loan losses, but people st- businesses still need loans, so they can't get them from traditional banks. They're doing all these alternative things we talked about. Is that correct? Yes. I think the Department of Revenue that I looked at in 2015 showed about 1.2% of business lending actually comes from conventional banks, whereas 98.8% is now coming from alternative lenders. The bottom line is, is Dodd-Frank crushed the ability for small business owners to get money from their banks. And as a result of that, these problem solvers came in and said, well, what if we only look at your collateral? What if we only look at your cash flow? What if we only look at your credit? And then they're making a lot of money and growing rapidly in areas of lending you money based on your strengths. So just the days of us walking into banks and getting conventional SBA-backed loans, it's becoming so difficult to do that that, again, a very, very small percentage of people are successful, while the vast majority of people are now finding an easier path to get money through alternative lending. We have about a minute to go. In summing all this up, what difference can it make to deal with a a company like Credit Suite to be able to get business credit? as opposed to trying to do it on your own when you don't know what you're doing. Look, when it comes to building business credit, there's a large learning curve. And what we find is that a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners just don't have the time to stop everything and spend hundreds of hours learning what a company like us already knows. And the great part about working with us is that, you know, experience smart business is part of our system. Getting your 411 is part of our system. Um, you know, getting you set up with your DUNS number and those type of things are part of our system. So you're not going to pay more working with us than trying to do it on your own because you're going to have to pay for those things anyways that are part of our system system at no cost. So you're basically able to get our full advisor team, our full finance team, all the financing that exists that you need access to, as well as the business credit in one place through a turnkey solution where you've got the help and the support along the way versus to try to do it on your own, where you're going to basically incur the same cost with none of the support, none of the technology to back you. Terrific. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Ty Crandall. He's the chief executive officer at Credit Suite, which is based in Florida. He's clearly a good business credit expert. You can find out more about him at his website, which is creditsuite.com. Thanks so much for being on the show, Ty. Thank you so much, Jordan. I had a great time. Thanks again, and we'll be back with another edition of The Money Answer Show next week. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. 